Blog Talk Radio.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We are so excited about this evening. Thank you for joining us on Pioneering the Frontier. We are so excited about our guest that we have this evening, Dr. Kimberly Perkins Faraby. And our guest host this evening is Christy <clears throat> Roe Pride. And we are so um, honored to have you on here this evening, Kimberly. How are you this evening? evening. I am so blessed. Thank you so much. Oh, well, we are so excited to have you. And um, so in the beginning, we when we first come on, we like to get to know the minister a little bit. And we asked a few questions. I'm sorry, I couldn't get connected. I was at church. And we like to um, take the boys because we, uh, we, we celebrate the harvest, so we take the boys to church, and we had a service this evening, and on my way home, there was a wreck, so it took me a couple minutes to get on. Please forgive me, um, but in the beginning of our radio uh, broadcast, we like to get to know the minister so that the people that are listening can get to know a little bit about you, um, and so I guess the first question I'd, I'd like to ask is, when you were younger, did you always grow up in the church? Did your parents always have you in church? <laughs> um, yes. I um, I was reared and raised by my grandparents. Um, church was something that I did. It was not an option for me. So on Sundays, we would go to church. That, that was, you know, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, yes, I did grow in the, grow up in the church. Yes. That's wonderful. That's amazing. It's wonderful to have a family that grows you up high. Kimberly, this is Christy Pride. I'm so blessed to ha- know you on here, and I just am so blessed to hear that you were raised in the church. That is such a great foundation. Amen. I guess, um, Christy, do you have a question for Kim? So I, I understand that you were raised in the church with your family and you came to know the Lord um, as a young teenager or a young, um, just a near teenager. But when did you actually first begin to start feeling called toward a ministry? Um, as far as your inner man just knowing that you were designed for more than the normal Christian life? This happened at a particular time when I, oh, wow. It's, it's, uh, when, when I first received the call, I didn't want, I didn't want to do it. That was just, I did not want to do it at all. Right. But um, as I, I I recall, as 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 I was being processed through it, I can remember how my, the pastor at that particular time was. He had me teaching the youth. He had me teaching them Bible study and Sunday school. So I felt, you know, there was a room in there. And um, for me, I am like an introvert. I am. You know, I rather sit back in the back of the church, not in the front of the church. I'm not a like outspoken kind of person. So, 
I was kind of leery of it because I was like, okay, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But God began to to show me even in that because I taught all the ages. It wasn't just um, babies or middle school or high school. They were all in one class. And God began to give me strategies of how to teach all of them so that they all can learn at the same time, At you know, with the time that was allotted to me. But um, I, I can recall um, there was times when, you know, people would say, okay, you're, you've been calling to the ministry. And I was like, oh, no, that's not me. <laughs> so I ran from the calling for it. I know it was a year, but during that time that I was running from God, I was dealing with things within my body. Um, I I went from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor, and they could not find out what was wrong with me. Um, then it was it was not until I said yes. Um, I can remember coming home from church from a revival one night, and I was in the car by myself. There was nobody there, and I heard the Lord say, "You will." You will do this. You will speak the gospel. And it scared me to death. And, well, I wouldn't say it scared me. It just alarmed me because I'm looking around. Okay, there's nobody in this car but me. Um, and so I immediately I called my pastor at that particular time, and I said, okay. And I told him what the Lord said, and he was like, I've been waiting for this. But it took me a year. I, I, I ran and I ran. And I can, you know, I can remember times when I would go to church and, I know that the Lord is speaking, but I was trying to run from it because I was like, I felt like Moses. Okay, God, they're not going to listen mm-hmm. to me. Um, I can't do this. This this is too hard. Um, I can't I can't imagine because of my, you know, the type of person that I am. I can't imagine standing in front of a group of people <laughs> preaching a gospel or saying anything like that. You know, I was fine with the kids. It was fine because, you know, it was just me and them. But to stand up in front of a congregation or to stand anywhere to do this, it was just not me. But I'm I'm grateful because even in that, when I was coming home that night, the Lord told me it was life or death for me. And that's what changed mm. me. It was life or death for me. It wasn't an option. So the fear tactic. <laughs> yes. But now, did you it hear the Lord actually audibly? Yes. Or was it yes. an impression, I'm, kind of a word, like it was an audible voice? It was like yeah. a small, still voice. Yeah. And to the point yeah, where it alarmed voice. me to the point where I'm like, okay, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty persuasive. I, um, <laughs> yeah. I I love that though when you hear that and you almost kind of look around to like you almost are like um okay what what did I just hear and they almost question it too you know I I I I'll never forget that that time it's amazing Kim has been so, an inspiration to me for so long <laughs> That's Kim awesome. has been an inspiration to me for so long for probably longer than she even realizes it. Um, We were at a revival one time together and she grabbed my hand. And I hope that this is an encouragement to her as much as she has encouraged me, even if it was unknowingly. Um, She grabbed my hand 
and there was like this power that came like it was just like this holy like the, the holy spirit just came through her and into my hand and i could feel mm. it like it came through her hand and into my body like i could feel it and i was just like that's when i i fell on the floor do you remember that kim I remember, Do you remember when you, um, you <laughs> yes, yes. Do you I remember did. when Willie okay. ran to the back of the church and touched that wall? That man said, "Now run to the back of the church." Do you remember that? I don't remember that part, but I remember the, the part of me holding your hand. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes. She. Uh, so the power of God is, is strong in you, Kim. Yes, very much so. Was was there ever a time when you first started um, your ministry, Kim, even before you started uh, uh, seeking the face of God ministries? Was there ever a time where you just kind of felt pushed beyond your limitations, where you, you know, you knew God was telling you to do certain things, but you really felt like he was, like, pushing you beyond um, what you ever even expected? When I look back over um, the things that have taken place in the ministry and in my life, I am I am amazed. I'm overwhelmed because I never expected any of this. Um, I actually, before I even started the ministry, I started something, and and I um, really didn't pin it as seeking the face of God at that time. But I started sending out emails to different people, and that's how it started. Um, I would get up in the early mornings, and I would just begin. God would just give me something, and I would just send it to those within my email ministry. Um, And at that particular time, and I think about it now, I just loved encouraging other people. I, I, you know, I loved um, inspiring them and making sure, okay, they're okay. And and I look at it now, and I look at the things that that have transpired. Transpired. I um, I said, God, wow, because a lot of the things that I was sent out, either I've walked through it, I'm walking through it, my, you know, right now. But um, I, I wouldn't say that pushed me beyond my limit. I wouldn't put it that way, but I would say that it's not what I what I expected, you know, because even now it's, um, with the ministry, I do the online Bible study, I, um, the prayer on Wednesdays. Um, it just, you know, I, I was coming out of the lunch one day, and God just said to ask. You know, if um, if, you know anyone wants to do online Bible study, and now that I look at it, I am grateful because you know I know that the ones that come on the line think that it's for them, but really it's for me because I saw the growth. I, I, you know, I'm growing as they're growing. Um, I, you know, the Lord has been moving and showing Himself strong even through prayer. Um, So I wouldn't say that it. Uh, push me to my limit? No, but it just—it's just amazing. It's uh, it's um, overwhelming at times. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. It's the good. It's that good overwhelming feeling, don't you think? Like it is. It's like that. Yeah, I feel like a crybaby so much. You know, I'm like, 
I, I start crying and I'm like, oh my gosh. And people are like, oh, here she goes again. Here she goes crying. And I was like, hey, look, you know, quit talking about me crying these tears. God told me they're no longer mine and collect them on prayer calls because it was going to heal somebody one day. So, <laughs> but it's that Amen. overwhelming, you know, that those tears of, 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 they're joyful tears, but they're also those tears that, um, keep us in awe you know you're just so in awe of how good he is and how faithful he is that when we take you know one small step at a time that he pulls us through every situation no matter what it is so I have another question for you because you had mentioned something you said um that you used to like to send encouraging emails so do you mind sharing with the listeners uh, possibly one of those God stories that you like to share with others that you would use to encourage other people? Yes. In fact, I just did one not too long ago. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. You know, it's just like when um, in, well now in the mornings or or. Uh, over the past two or three years, I walk and God would show me things. Um, one in particular I I can recall is I was walking one morning and there was a tower. To me, it looked like mm-hmm. a tower. But to someone else, it probably just looked like a piece of metal that was standing up, you know, in the middle of the field. But at that particular time, there was nothing around it. And as I was walking, I began to think about the word of God that says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And I began mm-hmm. to think about that because, you know, as we read the word of God, many times it really doesn't like marinate within us. And I began to think about that thing. You know, the word says, okay, the Lord's name is a strong tower. The righteous can want in it and they are saved. And I begin to think about it. I was like, wow. Okay, so you have this metal that's sitting in a field. And in the physical sense, if we run into that metal, we're going to need an ambulance, okay? But if we're running in that spiritually, if we run into the name of Jesus spiritually, then we are saved. That means we can run through that metal and we will not be hurt. We can run to God and, and, and we're not going to be hurt. He, he comforts us. He loves on us. He holds us. And I thought about that. The name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous can run into it, and they are safe. You can run to God with anything, and we are safe. We don't have to worry about, okay, if Jesus is going to tell your neighbor, or Jesus is going to reject you, or are Jesus going to turn mm-hmm. you away. But the fact that, that you can run to his name and you are safe no matter what, just his name within itself. So when I, when I thought, I was like, okay, wow, okay, God. And it's stuff like that that, you know, you know God would give me words or God would give me something. I, I, I can wake up like 3 or 2 o'clock in the morning and God would give me something and I'll just start just start typing this, you know, whatever God gives me. And, and um that's that's basically how the email mm-hmm. ministry goes. And every now and then Amen. I still do that. <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and it, when you were talking earlier about starting to teach, when you weren't sure that you were called yet and you were just teaching Sunday school and all the ages and God was giving you the ability to reach and minister to all the ages, that's really a miraculous gift. That's awesome yes. how he was just <laughs> helping you and you were able to do that. Um 
it it's really it, it just touched my heart to hear that because that just shows the power of his care for all things that we're trying to do to serve him and <laughs> he won't leave you when you said that you ran from him was it after you heard his voice clearly or was it when you were just starting to feel it in your spirit man I started running when people started prophesying to me. I was like, mm. oh, no, 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 no. That is not me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I do not want to hear it. But, you know, it. I, I think about that and, and, and what God allowed me to walk through. There, there's, there's so much I can tell you about that because at that particular time, that was in the year 2006, um, at that particular time, my grandmother that raised me, um, she was walking through uh, a test herself because she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Um, mm. And then between 2006 to 2007, there was so much that happened in that period of time. Like I said, I was going through health issues myself, which it really wasn't a health issue because nobody could ever find out what the problem was. It was until I said yes that I didn't even have to go to the doctor again. But even in that, I I can recall um, I was sitting at work one day, and I just and, and I know this may sound strange to some people, but God will reveal things to me sometimes before they happen. Um, I've had mm-hmm. that, you know, since I was a little little girl. Um, and so I was standing at work one morning. And I just said, Oh no, something you know something bad has happened. And then a few seconds, my aunt called and said my sister's in a bad car accident and they had an airlifter. Well, it didn't it didn't move me to the point where I was like, Oh God, I gotta get off, I gotta go see about her because she lived in Pennsylvania and I'm in North Carolina. So it didn't move mm. me. And it was like a calmness mm. over me that says, Okay, she's fine and so my coworkers were trying to convince me to go and I was like, No, 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 I'm fine and then also in that same year period my um my grandmother's sister was in a bad car accident and she didn't want to go to the hospital, and then when she finally went later that night, they said she had a brain aneurysm, and all of that was um, God began to do something um, within me, um, mm-hmm. and it had a lot to do with faith. And so yeah. each time when those things begin to happen, and there was a, a show that came on on TVN with Prophetess Juanita Bino and Bishop. Um, uh, Pastor Bishop, and I had seen this before, but it never hit me. Um, and God had begun to do a work even then because he he began to show me um, how to trust him. And, you know, we mm. all say we have a, you know, we all have a measure of faith, but we really begin to trust him. So I began, you know, and then there was something that um, Pastor Bishop said that stuck with me from 2006 all the way to now, and that was believe. Because Emmanuel lived, I can expect victory every time. So even when I was going to the doctor, I, you know, because they couldn't find out, I used to sit um, days at the office, and they put an iron infusion in my arm and sit there with needle in my arm all day long. It's stuff like that that was going on, but none of that was helping me. But each time those things happened, I would say, you know what? Um, I want to hear the good report. I would tell my grandmother that when she cope, when she get ready to go to the doctor. Um, when my sister, the thing that happened to her, I was like, oh, she's fine. You know, when my coworkers want me to get off, I was like, oh, no, she's fine. I trusted God. 
And you went my aunt mm. and gave a 50-50 chance. I, with everybody else was at the emergency room, I went home. And I said, oh, she'll be fine. They said, okay, if we operate, she's going to die. Or if we, if we don't operate, she's going to die. If we um, do operate, she'll be a vegetable. But the Lord showed it to be totally different. And I can remember the very last day that I went to the doctor, and I can hear him. He's calling all over the country. He's one of the best top doctors there is. And I can hear him down the hallway, and, and I was sitting in the office. The door was open, and they got all the, you know, at this, I don't know if they have it now, but your results of your test will pop up on the screen. And, uh, and you right. know, and I'm like, okay. And the doctors can figure out, okay, why aren't you sick? Why aren't you um, needing some kind of um, something? Because my, my right blood count was so low to the point where they're like, you should be having some kind of infection. Something should be going on with you. And I was having problems with my blood. I was, I was bleeding a lot. They couldn't figure it out. But it wasn't until I was sitting in that office and I told God, I said, God, I am not coming back again. This is my last day. I, and I begin to surrender right there in that office. I begin to pray. And when he came back in that office, he said, you know what? There's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to come back mm. again. Amen. And, and it wasn't until I said yes. And, and I think one of the hardest things for me um, saying yes is because of the unknown. I, I, mm-hmm. I really felt like... Um, you know, Jeremiah at that time. And, and, and it's amazing. I think about that because the first um, initial sermon that I ever did was God has a plan for you. And it came from Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah. I would never forget that. And when I think about that and I think about the life of Jeremiah, I said, okay, God, because I, you know, I was like, I'm not a talker. I'm a weeper. Like, like Jennifer said, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I weep, I cry. And it's like, oh, no, I just, I, I can't do this. And even now, um, you know, when I have to do this, there's times when I just bawl, I just cry. And it's just like, okay, God, I can't do this. And then, and then I think, you know, as, as, as I'm always told, and I think about that, that's a good thing. Because that let us know that we're not of ourselves. We, we're not doing this. This is all about God. God is doing this. The Holy Spirit is speaking. The Holy Spirit is doing this. So, yeah, that's that's Amen. what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like you have an intercessor's heart with that weeping heart um, of God's just God's heart for people, God's heart for situations, God's heart for the lost um, moves intercessors to that that place of just sharing His heart and the burden. I was reading your bio, and I think it's interesting that where you gave this first sermon was at the Weeping Mary Church of Christ. <laughs> So the Lord supported you in who you were as he placed you in a church that knew your name. <laughs> hmm. Yes. Yes. And that's I think funny. that's God does that. I was just hearing that and thought, wow, way to go, Jesus, that you just do that with your love in such a way that it's almost a wink at us when we finally step out. Yes. And this is a prophetic broadcast if there ever was because that is the church that I was married in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that is the first church that I attended. And yes, it was weeping Mary. DOC, DOC. <laughs> Hallelujah. All the way, baby. <laughs> oh my God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you're both okay, weepers Tim. and I do it partially, but not like you. <laughs> 
Thank you, Wisdom. I knew something was going to come out from this. Um, so I yeah. <laughs> girl, if you only knew right now. And you know, Miss Miss Kim's mom and dad, they mean so much to me. They are part. They were um, members at, at We've Been Mary uh, in in right. Moyoc, North Carolina. And they are two of the members of that church that were there when I was there that um, that have kept in contact with me. Like, they are Amen. constantly they're friends with me on Facebook. They are always, um, you know, how are the boys doing? You know, they, they are, they really are those people that have the heart of the father that will reach out and, and they just want to make sure that, you know, Hey, you know, we love you. We think about you. They have that uh, discipleship mentality. And I, I just love that about, about your mom and dad. I, I just, they touch me in a way that is like, you know, you, you think there are t- times where you go to church and you leave a church and not you you don't leave because maybe you don't you want to but you leave because it's time for you to move forward but then there's right. just certain people like them that just stay in contact certain people like you and even though we may just message you know ever so often but it means so much and that's really what I feel for the body of Christ right now is how important it is to stay in contact with people and discipleship yes. and how important it is to as a unified body of Christ, no matter if you're near or far. Um, and I just love that. But I have another question for you. <laughs> um, so as you were answering the call per se, what was like the one scripture, even though I know you probably love all the scriptures, <laughs> just like we do, um, but what was like the one scripture that was like your go-to scripture um, that helped you that just kept like resonating your spirit. So like, if you felt like, okay, God, you know, I, I I just need to hear from you. What was that one scripture that you were always going to through your process as you were like really seeking God about, you know, the steps to take as you entered into your ministry? I would say the one scripture, because there's so many, but the one that I'm so profound to when God said, when he was speaking to the children of Israel, the Israelites, I would never leave you nor forsake you. I would not abandon you. Hallelujah. I love that scripture, too. Yes. Yes. So, Kimberly, if you Mm -hmm. were... um, you went through a season of running and experiencing some significant consequences for that, um, avoiding the call, <laughs> so to speak. Yes. So you have a heart of understanding for the many people who also feel that same way. They're, they're not equipped or that this isn't right or they're not ready for God's to move them into a new direction or a new position of authority or responsibility. So how do you um, encourage people with that challenge or how do you help them not go an entire year and have all these difficulties because they're avoiding following him? What would you say or do to help somebody um, make a decision a little quicker? I would say when God tells you to do something when he tells you to move and I think the hardest part for many people okay is this God saying this 
is mm-hmm. is truly God is God really calling me into the ministry? Is God calling me out to be a missionary? Is God calling me to do this? And the truth of the matter is, God has called all of us because He made that great commission in Matthew twenty eight. But um, we have to make sure first of all, okay, God, is it truly you? Um, don't be like, you know, we, we can hide the Gideon spirit. Okay, God, if it's you, I'm going to throw this thing up here. that the dude comes on the, mm-hmm. on the rag, then it's truly you. But I, I think that the, 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 the encouragement that I can give right now is that just step out on faith and trust God. Um, don't don't um, do like I did. I I went for a whole entire year. There was money that was wasted, you know, because there was really nothing wrong with me. But I was paying, you know, when I say I went to doctor to doctor, I had all kind of tests, MRIs. I've had it all, but all of that could have been prevented had I just said yes. You know, mm. um, and there are there are consequences when we don't say yes. God wants a yes from us. He wants us to, you know, he wants us to come to him. And, and we can't allow the voices, the noise around us to stop us from doing what God has called us to do. Because that's what the enemy does. He wants you to have doubt. He wants you to be fearful. He wants you to be tormented and say, oh, I can't do this. Oh, this is not for me. No, 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 no. And God is saying, you know what? I need for you to do this. You, somebody needs what you have. Somebody needs that, needs to know, okay, um, that God can deliver, that God can save. We, we, you have to just learn how to depend on God and not man because man yeah. will hold you back. And, and many times we hinder ourselves because we're worried about what someone else is going to say or what someone else is going to do. But, but God said, and even Jesus, Jesus said this in his word, he said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger, he would not go thereof. So, therefore, we know the voice of God. We know his voice. So, we have to know how to step out and do what God has called us to do. Don't don't reap the repercussion of a year of spending money. Um, you know, that's expensive. <laughs> you know, spending money, going from doctor to doctor, and it may not be that. You, you, you know, you may go through even something worse. But you just got to learn how to do what God has told you to do. You have to be like Abraham and step out. I don't know where I'm going, God. I don't know which way I'm going, but, God, I'm going to step out on you. Okay, God, you tell me take my son up, my only child that you gave me at a late, at late uh, tender age of, of uh, almost 100. But you know what? I'm going to sacrifice my son for you because I love you that much. God, I don't know what you're going to do. But, see, God always has a plan and a purpose for our lives. But we can hinder it and we can mess it up by not doing what God has asked us to do. Amen. Oh, That's amen. like uh, the Lord recently. It's, it's very interesting. He's like, you are an a uh, a uh, 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 righteous oak, and he had to mm-hmm. take us on a journey. He had to take us on a yeah. journey. We went to go look at a piece of property, right? So, yes. Approximately yes. three years ago, we had a season in the wilderness. We literally lived in a house on the outskirts of Bethel. So in the natural, we lived in a house that was surrounded by woods, and it was on the right next to a road called Bethel Haven. And that's where my son, who was seven years old, 
was saying, Mommy, Mommy, God wants me to tell you something. And I was like, okay. And he was like, Enoch, Mommy, Enoch. And I was like, okay. And he said, Mommy, not just Enoch, but God wants you to know John chapter 17. And I was like, okay. And he swung a little bit. And I've shared this on the prayer line. And he said, Mom, God wants you to also know, you know, what the number 17 means. Wow. And then he laughed and he swung in that swing. And I had kept him home because he had issues with his, his bowels. And um, he wanted to swing, you know, he just wanted to swing. And it was a big, huge, like, tire swing because it was like a tractor tractor uh, farm, you know, the big tractor wheels from a farm equipment. And there's no way he could have swung in that tire swing as high as he was unless somebody else was pushing him, you know? Mm. And he said, are you writing this down and making it plain? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm writing it down because <laughs> I was doing a Bible study on the porch. And he was like, hold up, don't do that. L- just listen to this because God wants you to hear this. I was like, okay. And he said, Mom, God's got one more thing to tell you. I said, okay. He said, uh, that's your breakthrough. Enoch, <laughs> John 17, and you need to know what the number 17 means. And we came up mm-hmm. out of that wilderness and we moved over into our house that was on Diamond Hill. And the Lord said, you're sitting on a hill. Now let your light shine. So I was like, okay, Lord, uh, I understand. And you know, a lot of times, like what you're saying, Miss Kim, you know, we we do things and we do them and we do them and, and we do good at them, right? And we do a lot. We have mm-hmm. a lot of good ideas, and we we try to we try to hold on to them. And and I'll never forget December twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen, when I woke up at four o'clock in the morning and I heard very clearly the Lord say, "Open your hands." And I sat up a little bit more in my bed and I heard him say it again, open your hands. And I was looking at my hands and I can laugh at it now, you know, because if anybody had been in the room, they probably would have laughed at me too because I was looking at my hands like, what's going to happen here, you know? And when I looked up, there was this huge oak tree at the foot of my bed and it was beautiful and it had oil just pouring out, you know, over top of it and it had all of these pieces of fruit on it. And then as the oil poured out, it got real thick like honey. It was the most beautiful thing mm-hmm. I'd ever seen, but I didn't know who I could tell it to, you know? So I just held on Amen. to it. Yeah. And Amen. um recently we went to go look at a piece of property you just mentioned Abraham. So now I'm gonna share this with you because I believe it's something <laughs> to share with both of you and, and the listeners as well, because most of the listeners have heard the two things that I just shared. So we went on a Jesus journey. That's what I call them. And I said, okay, boys, let's get in the car. We're going to go look at this piece of property because we had looked at one on September road. And the Lord said, you've already been birthed. September is nine, nine is nine months. Yes, nine months yes. of the pregnancy. And the Lord said, you've already been birthed. And when I looked at the piece of property on September Road, the property was really straight and narrow. It was not very wide. And I had already known that the Lord was saying, I'm going to bring you into a wide open space. So I knew that piece of property on September Road was not what he was saying was for us, even though it was beautiful. 
I mean, it's a beautiful piece of property. It was, you know, four acres, and it went down. And But I knew that's not where he wanted us to be, so we went to look at this other place, and it was, like, down this long, winding road, and it was, you know, way back and and, and to this we don't even know where we were, but the boys thought it was fun because it was an adventure for them. So we go back, and this piece of property was on Oak Drive and Tamarisk. Well, Tamarisk <laughs> was the tree that Abraham planted mm-hmm. when he chose God. And the Lord said, look up Tamarisk tree. So I did. And the Lord said, the reason why Abraham planted the Tamarisk tree was because at one point Abraham was angry. He was salty. And to have a symbol of getting rid of his being upset and proving that he was in a covenant with me, he planted the tree to get rid of his anger, and it was symbolic that he was in a covenant with God. Mm-hmm. So we Amen. turned around because we couldn't get down that road. <laughs> and then the boys were like, get us out of here. We're not in the wilderness anymore. So we hightailed it up out of there so fast. But, you know, I love how God works like that. And Me I too. love. Go ahead. I want to say this because you mentioned the number seventeen. Yeah, seventeen symbolizes overcoming the enemy, complete victory. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now that was that's, three years ago. And seven yeah. plus one is eight, which is the number of new beginnings. So you exactly. have complete yeah. victory and new beginnings with Him. And it's a hallelujah. Yeah. So, Kimberly, with that whole inspiration, you know, as Jennifer was sharing how God speaks to us and moves through us and how, you know, he does this for all of us. And when we're in these places where we feel trapped or burdened or or just um, not quite sure we're ready for the next step because everything seems kind of um, fearsome or, or just not working right. You know, our, our our moments of faith, which you seem to have quite a gift of faith in you, they change. So from when you yes. started your ministry to, like, today, say, how has your relationship with the Lord changed? How has your intimacy with him developed, deepened, changed? Um, you know, what, what, what do you have to say about that? Um, faith is, to me, is something that grew. Um <laughs> I think about the mustard seed and how small it is. Wow. Um, God show, kept showing me things. Um, my faith level began to grow in him in circumstances, um, situations. Um, you know, many people can say, okay, I got a check in the mail, blah, blah, blah. But um, to really walk through faith. It's totally different. You know, we can speak faith, but to actually walk through it. And I think my, my, my greatest test and my greatest trial in my life started with my grandmother because she was my mother. Um, mm-hmm. It started with her, 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 um, her, her sickness. Um, and, and, and through that, I began to gain faith. Um, 
I can remember when, and, and Jennifer was speaking about numbers. God deal with me with numbers and stuff like that. And, oh, wow. And I'm going to quickly share this story, and then I'm going <laughs> to allow you all to go ahead. But it was um, in the year 2007. I had just done my initial sermon in May of 2007. And during this time, my grandmother was, her body was swelling. She could not um, sit in a seat without being propped up with pillows. Um, she would go to the doctor. They would release the pressure. They would take out the fluid. She'll be fine. But then it would come back again. I can remember when she learned that I was going to do my initial sermon. She said, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be there or not. But she was there, pillows and all. Um, she surprised me. Um, but in that same year, in October the 19th, um, she went inside. No, it was September the 9th. She went inside of the hospital, and and it was on a Sunday. And I and every Sunday I would go see her. And she was in pain, and she was sitting there. And, you know, she's one of those. She's not going to go to the doctor or the hospital unless it's absolutely necessary. But, but when she told me it was okay for me to call the ambulance, I knew it was serious. And so she went, and they, you know, most time they would release the fluid out of her stomach, and then they would send her home. Um, on the same Sunday, it hadn't rained. We had all went out to eat, waiting, you know, hoping that when we get back to the hospital, they're going to send her home, but they didn't. But as we as we was coming out of Texas Roadhouse, I happened to look, and there was a rainbow. We all know what the rainbow symbolizes. God's promises mm-hmm. that the earth would never flood again. And so, and and all of that played in a, 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 of what God was showing me and, and trusting him, believing him. Well, on October the 19th was the day that she passed. However, the day before, she was telling my mother, my birth mother, who stayed with her, she said, um, don't give Noah too much water. When Noah was born in the month of, set, of July, seven, completion. <laughs> and so... <laughs> When my when my when my grandmother passed, it, it broke my heart. And we was having um, Bible study. How ironic! This, the next week, and I didn't feel like teaching that night because I was like, okay, we're just gonna have a movie night. When I went and got um, Evan Almighty, which is a modern day Noah story, <laughs> and none of this none of this is clicking <laughs> to me. None of this is clicking at all. Okay, I am not getting it. So I began, while they was watching the movie, I'm talking to God. (laughs) I'm over there, and I'm talking to God, and I don't know if the children can hear me or not. It didn't matter because I was talking to God. I said, God, this is not working for me. Um, This is my mother. This is, you know, my grandmother. This has broke my heart. I am not in agreement with this, okay? The funeral's over. I'm not having it. I mean, I was like, okay, God, what is going on? Why did you let her go like this? And God began to deal with me. As a matter of fact, I was sitting there, and, you know, I'm not one of those preachers that can just say, blah, 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 sound here, you know. <laughs> you know, some scriptures I know where they are found at, but to actually know exactly, to pinpoint it, God directed me to the book of uh, the story of Noah directly. I mean, my mm-hmm. Bible directly opened there. And he began to speak to me. He said, do you remember um, what she said before she passed? I said, yeah, don't give Noah too much water. He said, count the days. Well, from September 9th to October the 19th is 40 days. But the number 40 wow. means <laughs> the number 40 means tests and trials, and it also means beginning. And so I was like, okay, God, <laughs> 40 days. He said, 
she did not die because she was sick. She was died because she passed away because I needed her. Her time was up. And he began to minister mm-hmm. to me. And he said, okay, remember, what was the number of the months that you did your initial sermon? I began to count that up. January, February, March, April, May. That's five. I gave her grace to see her baby preach. <laughs> oh, God. And then, then from 2007, she said to count back. She, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer in 2004. Five, six, seven is three. The Trinity. Mm. So, and so uh, he he just began to deal with me with different things, and 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 I would I I don't know like I said I don't know if the kids were paying me any mind or not, but I was having a Holy Ghost sit over there. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, and and actually I was sitting there and I called my mother, I called my aunt, but of course they didn't know what I was talking about because I probably sound like I was going crazy, and then I said, you remember what she said? Don't give no one too much water, blah blah blah, and they did not understand. So at this particular time, Jennifer, I called Miss Pat. You know, Miss Pat and I were good friends. I called yes. her and I said, I said, the Lord said, don't give Noah too much water. And she caught on to it. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I was beginning to share with her what, what the Lord was sharing with me. And I was like, okay, God. And that began to give me peace. And so one of the things that my grandmother taught me, and, I, and it has never left me concerning anything in life, she would say, uh, as long as there's breath in your body, there's always hope. Um, I am a faith, you know, like I said, my faith has not always been at this level. But when, when, I, when I know things, when, when God begins to reveal things to me, I step out and I trust God. I don't know where I'm going. I, 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 you know, sometimes I may fall like Peter, you know, because I take my eyes off. But I trust God, and and I believe in and everything that He says and everything He does. I'm very optimistic when it comes to healing, because I know what God says. He said, "By His stripes we are healed." That means we don't have to wait for healing. We don't have to wait for deliverance. It's already there for us. We just have to reach out and grab it. And so mm. whenever things happen, you know, we have to, I've learned to turn those negative words into positive words. I know what I see, but I know what I believe. I know what God said. So if God said it, yeah. even if it doesn't happen, it's already done. You know, people say, okay, so you're praying for this one, but they then it, they turn around and they pass away. And I used to get heartbroken about that. But God even let me know in that, even if they pass away, even with my grandmother, it's not that, that we have lost in our prayers. That is not it. That means that we have won in our prayers, that God has given them rest. Their healing may not have been on this side of the earth, but he's healing them over there. And, and, and oh, amen. okay, let me stop. <laughs> no, amen, sister. <laughs> I agree God, with your passion. That's awesome. <laughs> If you're gonna um if you're gonna pause for the cause, I tell the kids all the time I'm like <laughs> when we get to the point where we're gonna overflow, let's pause for the cause, breathe in, breathe out, give it all to God. No, he'll work it out. And they just laugh. <laughs> but um my girlfriend from Reaching Out Radio um International, she's got a song. Montel, if you can hear us, um you can go ahead and, and play that song and girls, you guys can get water and, and, and take a break for just a moment. Thank you. Thank you. 
I love that song. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Follow Jesus every day. Hallelujah. So now we are going to have Kim come back on. And Kim, this is a time during the broadcast that we have um, the ministers come on and, and take the time to just share with the body of Christ now that they've gotten to know you a little bit and we've been able to share and share some laughter and, and share some of our stories and, and some of the things that we, we've done to really answer that call. But now um, we'd love for you to come on and just share with the body of Christ what the Lord has laid on your heart for such a time as this. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I just want to say because we are living in a season that is very trying for a lot of people. Um, one of the things that I, the Lord has been showing me concerning the body of Christ is that he, he is processing us through a season where we have to take a an examination of ourselves. Um, you know, we, I don't know, but in, in November of last year, God had begun to deal with me concerning myself, not looking at my neighbor, not looking at what someone else is not doing, but what am I doing? And it's just amazing to me that here we are in 2020 and we are faced with a pandemic that nobody expected. I know that I didn't. Um, you know, when they first talked about the coronavirus, I thought it was going to say just in China, not come over here. I'm going about my daily life, not paying it any mind. But then it comes to Washington State, and I also said, okay, God, that's way over there on the west side of the coast, and you, there's no way in the world it's going to come over here on the east. But even in that, there's so much that has happened in just 2020 alone where people are losing hope. They are jumping ship. Many have walked away from their faith. Um, some churches are still not open. So many people, you know, even then, they didn't, they weren't grounded in the word. It wasn't grounded with God. So even now, they're struggling. And so what I want to say to the body of Christ, to the believers, um, don't give up. Um, don't become shipwrecked by circumstances and the things that are happening all around you. I really believe that God is calling us into a season of repentance. Um, you know, we, we think, and I believe that many people believe this in their, in their hearts that, okay, I'm saved. Well, I don't have to repent, but repentance should be done daily. This is not something that you just do when you know that you actually did something wrong, but there's things that we may have done or said that was wrong that, that you unaware of and you know we're living in a time now where i truly believe that god is soon to come we don't have any room for uh allowing the enemy to come in and that's what he's doing and i look at that and i think about second timothy um chapter three i think about what timothy and paul talks about there when it talks about the things of what's going to happen concerning the end times um, and I know this is just the beginning. This is not something that, you know, you know, we're not at the end yet. This is just the beginning of things to come. But what, what, what Peter, I mean, not Peter, what Timothy and Paul talks about, he says that 
in the last days that people will start to be lovers of themselves. And that is so obvious. Just look around you. People love themselves more than they love anybody else. Okay? There's there's the love and I and, and I think I'm not gonna say that I think, I know. Love is the center of all things. Okay? You got to love. And that is one of the things that is so verbally spoken out of a person's mouth, but it's not what is said, it's what is done, the action behind it. That's what love is. But they become lovers of themselves. There's no compassion. And so when I think about the things that have happened from March up to now and things that are still going on, um, the love, the love piece there. Just look at the things that are happening in the world. We got protests. We got uh, racial tension. We got police brutality, policemen being hurt for no reason. We have things of people being gunned down for no reason. Senseless killings that are happening. The love. And I think about that. Think about the things that have happened over the course of the years. It is almost like, okay, God is, you know, God allowed. God is not the 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 author of confusion at all. God, but He does allow certain things to happen. He doesn't cause them. But look at the tower in 2001. Look at um, the shooting that that happened with the children at the school. I can't even think of the school name right now. But look at those things that are happening. Um, look at the hurricane you know, that comes in on the land, and you can see the love, and it's like the love will last for about maybe a couple of weeks, and then it just washes away, blow away, but I believe that in this season that we're in, that God is causing us to love, okay, this this is not something that we're going to get away from, it's got to be consistent, and so, you know, the people being lovers of themselves, and and then you got the lovers of money, God knows we see that all every day, all the time, um, where people care more about their money, they care more about their possession than they care about their children, than they care about other people, and and they're boastful and proud. My God, that's 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 that right there in the body of Christ, a body of Christ, being prideful. Oh God, and God just He detests those things. He detests the lust of the eyes, the the, um, the lust of the flesh, and our pridefulness. But we get so prideful, and I, you know, there's so many that 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 they think more of themselves. Like, okay, even in ministry, it's always I. Okay, it's me, 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 me. That's being prideful. And then when we're wrong, we don't want to admit that we're wrong. We don't want to say, okay, I'm sorry, I I I, I was in error. We don't want to do that because of pride. And God is not proud. He's not. He is not. You know, He is not for all of that. And then we're abusive, and abusive can go so many ways. Um, you, you, you can be verbally abused, uh, emotional, sexual, physical. There's so much, so way that it can be abusive. Abusive can be when we slander our brothers and our sisters. You, when we put, you know, we downgrade their character or we say something wrong concerning them. Okay, and, and it's not true. And we cause other people not to like them because of what we have said. Mm, even in the body of Christ. And so, because we all know that the word of God was written for the believers, okay? It wasn't written for the world because they wouldn't understand it. It was written for the believers. And then you have disobedient to parents. Look at the things that are happening now with our children. Some children, this generation now is, is a, um, for the most part, they don't care. 
they're not going to take um, what we would have took back then, okay? We had to be in line or we just get smacked down, beat down, whatever. But nowadays, children are very disobedient to their parents, and it's almost like the parents don't have control over their kids, okay? And then Timothy, he goes on to say they're ungrateful. Oh, God, many of us are so ungrateful for the things of God. You know, we wake up in the morning, the first thing we do is whatever we want to do, but it's not giving God thanks. We're not get, we're not grateful. You know, when I wake up in the morning and I and I, I pray and I and I go outside and when I begin to walk, I look at the glory of God. I look at, you know, okay, the sky is supposed to be blue, but it's pink this morning or it's yellow this morning. And I begin to think, okay, God, nobody can do these things but you. Nobody can do these things but you. God, you are so awesome. God, I thank you. You allow me to wake up another day. You have given me another opportunity to get it right. You've given me another opportunity to see a day that I've never seen before. And God, I'm grateful. Then, he, then Timothy, he talks about being unholy. Wow. You know, holiness is always going to be right. But, see, we gotten away from um, being led and being, and being uh, moved by the Holy Spirit. We, we want to be moved by our own um, intellect. We want to do whatever we want to do. We don't want to listen to the Holy Spirit. And we're just doing any and everything in the body of Christ. And God is not pleased. This is happening today. My God, we care more about getting paid on a Sunday morning to stand up in front of a, a crowd of people than, than the people being saved. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I just get so tired of the same old, same old. Okay, when I when I when I'm when I'm going to church, when when I'm going to fellowship, I'm going to give God thanks. It's not about me, but when the word is being brought forth, I'm looking. Okay, God, change me. I need that word. It is not, it, no, it's not my sister. It's not my brother. But God, it's me standing here. It's me standing in the need of prayer. I need a word from you. But see, what we're doing now, we got these good field messages that's going across the pulpit. We got all kinds of things that's going across, and it's not of God. You know, we don't spend time with God. We just give the people whatever they you, we want them to have. We got to be holy. This this lifestyle of a believer is living a life that is holy. That is holy. My God, we have got to be holy. That means when I wake up in the morning, when I go outside of my door, I am an ambassador for Christ. Okay? That means no, wherever my foot tread, wherever I go, because I've already told God, command my day. Wherever my foot tread, I am an ambassador of Christ. And don't get me wrong, because some, sometimes, many times, I fail. And, and some of you fail, especially in the workplace. But I have to get myself in check. I may not always like it, but I have to get myself in check and say, okay, who am I? Know who you are in God, because the enemy will use anyone to get to you. But you got to recognize that I am that light, okay? I am that light. I am God's ambassador. So wherever I step out of the four walls of the comfort of my home, and even in my home, I got to allow my light so shine. So that whoever, the world that don't know him, will come to know him. Because guess what? We are God's hands and feet. That's who we are. 
We are his hands and we are his feet. Some people would never go to church. But just the Christ is living in you. They don't have to be saved in the church. They can be saved in your house. They can be saved in the grocery store. But if you're walking around and you're looking like them, how is they going to know any different? How are they going to know God? Okay. Then, you know, Timothy and Paul, they talk about without love. Here we go again. He is still on that love piece. We have got to love one another. You know, I, you know, I, I believe this with all my heart that the greatest hurt that anybody can ever endure is in the body of Christ. Okay, I'm fine with the world because the world is going to do what? They're going to be upfront with me. The world is going to tell me the truth. They're not going to sugarcoat it. They're going to tell you exactly how they feel. But what gets to me is that when we call ourselves believers and we talk about one another, we want each other down, we don't really love one another. And then when we see that our brothers, our sisters are in a crisis, or we see instead of helping them up, instead of pulling them up and say, oh, no, um, you're not going to fall on my watch. Oh, no, you're not going to crumble under my watch. Oh, no, we're going to pray about this. Oh, no, we rather now talk about them and not help them. We got to stop that. My God, that is not love. Love says, okay, if I don't Jesus. Love says this, okay, you need something to eat. I know you're, 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 you don't have food in your refrigerator. You got to get away from, okay, uh, um, I'm saying, oh, that's them. They, they supposed to have this. They're supposed to have that. No, love said, I'm going to go feed you. Love said, okay, you're, you're hurting. I see the hurt. I see the pain, but I'm not going to let you go through this uh, alone. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pull you up. I'm not going to let you stay there in that low place because guess what? When you unload the bar, you begin to have a sense of rejection. That's what my favorite chef had, rejection. He felt like, okay, I am nothing. Why? Because I'm crippling my feet. I can't get around like I want to. So he stayed in that place to load the bar. But guess what? When David brought him to the king's palace, he thought that David was bringing him to be what? A servant. He could not understand. You want to use me? You're bringing me to the table? Yes. We got to have that David mentality to pull Amasibashad out of that place of low debar and say, I love you in spite of, even when we fall short. Do you not know that we are all in the flesh? We are in this flesh. We have to learn how to kill our flesh daily and allow that spirit man to rise up. Do you not know that? Man, think about that for a second. We have to kill our flesh and allow the spirit man now, oh, God, to grow more. Okay, so, so that means because we're in the flesh, we are subject to falter. We're subject to go through this. We're subject to go through that because this is what life is about. Oh, God, in order to reign with Christ, we got to learn how to suffer with him. But many times we see someone suffering, instead of helping them, what we do. We, we continue to push them down in the ground instead of help pulling them up. That's not love. Okay, let me move on. Then there's unforgiving. And there's a good one here because <laughs> we can stay on this all night because people say, okay, I forgive you, but I'm not going to, um, um, I, I'm not going to, you know, there's all kinds of things people say about forgiveness. But I had to learn this about forgiveness. First of all, forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. You know, how can you expect God 
to move you higher? How do you expect God to do something in you? And how do you expect God to forgive you, oh God, when you can't forgive those that you see every single day? One of the things that Jesus said, the very last thing that he said while he was on the cross, after being beat down, after being beat beyond measure, not being recognizable, what did he say to his father? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness means I'm not going to pick it up again. Oh, God, I'm stepping on my own toes. I'm not going to pick it up again. Forgiveness says, okay, you did this to me. I forgive you, and I'm not going back. Do you want God to keep bringing up the things that you've done in your past when you, <laughs> when you have asked him to forgive you? Think about that. No. When you ask God for forgiveness, what does he do? He wipes this slate clean. He doesn't keep showing you, okay, well, you, you, you used to mess around with Johnny or Sally and you weren't married or, or you used to smoke, you used to drink. He doesn't keep throwing it back in your face. So why do we keep doing it to others? Forgiveness says, okay, you hurt me, you wounded me. And the, and the greatest way to, to, to really allow that forgiveness piece to take root is when we allow God to do it. It's a process, okay? It is a process. And then you talk about slanders. We are, I talked about this earlier, but it's, it's amazing how it keeps coming back up in the scripture. Slanders, when, when you begin to wrongfully say something about someone that is not true, and I don't know about you, but in the season and the time that we live in, you know, my grandmother used to tell me this as a little girl and never understood it until I got older. She said, baby, your name will go further than you'll ever go. People would know your name and know nothing about you. Okay? And what we have going on now, people would know your name from other people and not like you. They know nothing about you. They never spent time to know who you are. But because someone has slandered your name, has have, have took the, your name and disarranged your character, then they take that and they grab hold of it. And that's how they think of you. That's called slanderous. And then it says without self-control. Being without self-control means you just cannot control yourself, period. You know, we have people that just do all kinds of things. And I think about Jezebel. You're just controllable. You just do this, you do that. And there's no repercussion in what you do because you have no self-control. I mean, it's just like, you know, my weakness now, and, and I'm asking God to deliver me from that because I just love it. I love playing bubble bop, and I love eating almonds, nuts, you know. And it's, a, it's, 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 it's not, it's lack of self-control. I, and now I have to get to the point to say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. Okay, it's just like when you're trying to lose weight. I, and I had to convince myself, okay, I'm not going to eat that piece of chocolate cake and eat the whole thing. But, you know, even with, when you're trying to lose weight, it's not in what you eat or how much you eat of it. Okay, I can have that piece of cake, but I'm not going to eat the whole thing. So you, you got to have self-control. I can go shopping and it just don't appeal to me and say, okay, and I can walk around the whole store and hold this object in my hand. And I think about I reason it out. I weigh it out. Okay, do I really need this? No, I don't need this. And I'll put it back. Self-control. But, but in today's time, many are walking around with lack of self-control. Then it said brutal. Not lovers of the good. Then it talks about your treacherous, your rash, conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. All of that, all of that right there 
lets us see the time and the season that we're living in. Then it says we're having a form of godliness but denying his power. And you think about what God has allowed to happen from March unto now. My God, he is causing us now to know where we stand in him. Because of the church doors are closed, we are the church. But what are you doing in this time? What have you done between March and October? What has transpired in your life? Have you shipwrecked? Have you have you succumbed to the enemy? Have have you um, begin to 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 allow God to take root of you? Have have you learned how to draw closer to Him? How's your prayer life? Because prayer life is our communication to God. Are you taking time to sit in His presence and talk with Him and commune with Him? Are you reading the Word of God? Because that's how we find out the thoughts and the plans of God. We never know His thoughts. And none of that, we are never measured up to death. But we know what his word says. What are you doing? What have you done? Where do you stand? My God, that is a question that we all need to ask ourselves. If the church door never open, when he comes back, am I going to be ready for him? Because what I'm finding out, what I'm seeing, many have not changed. And then you wonder why these things are happening. My God, you wonder why. And think about it because, I, you know, God gave me something about a month or two ago concerning Paul. My God, in, in the book of Corinthians. And, and I thought about this, and, and, and the subject was, okay, God, I didn't sign up for this. I did not sign up for this. None of us signed up for this in 2020. Because each year on New Year's Eve, what we do, we go to church. We make all these declarations and these things going to happen next year. Oh, prosperity is coming. Oh, I'm getting my new house. Oh, I'm getting my new car. This is what we say every December the 31st of every year. But how about God begin to show himself, no, no, no. You're not going to do this. You're going to do this and this and that. Look what God has allowed to happen. I think about it. Think about it from the beginning of the year. Because, you know, we don't expect our, our, our people that, that are fame and famous and those that, um, you know, um, play ball or those that are movie stars. We don't expect them to leave. But the very thing, the first thing that happened was Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the colleagues, what? They got killed in an accident. The whole world was uh, uh, affected by that. Then <laughs> you get to March. You come to March to 11th. Of 2020, we learned about this coronavirus. It wasn't just China that was affected, but the entire world was affected. And then if that wasn't enough, then you had the racial tension to come up on the scene. If that wasn't enough, the entire world is still being affected by that. Okay, if that's not enough, then you come up with this. Now listen, because this, this really got me. There is a corn shortage. In the entire United States, I don't know about the world, but the United States went through a season where we could even get change. You have to have, in, in some places now, you have to have the exact change or use a debit card. What more do you want God to do? He wants to know, are you going to depend on man or are you going to depend on me? 
Who is your trust in? Is your trust in the economic system? Is your trust in the government system? Is your trust in your brothers and your sisters? Is your trust in your mother and your father? Or is your trust in me? God wants us to rely on him. And you think about that because the United States, where do they trade? Where do they get most of their stuff, their goods from? China. Think about that. Oh, God. I can remember, and, and, and I think it was in March, I believe it was in March, when God began to give me a, 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 a specific a scripture, and, and I, I didn't understand it, but I began to read that, and it's in the book of Ezekiel. It's either 37 or 47. I believe it's 47. And God began to show me that scripture, like, okay, God, what does this mean? When, when he takes Ezekiel inside of the church, Mm. And and the water is flowing from the pulpit And it's almost like the water comes And I may be paraphrasing But just follow with me for just a second And the water begins to come up to so much so That it's coming up over the head of Ezekiel The man that was standing there And God begins to take him outside of the church And the water is flowing through the Dead Sea Okay, guess what? Anything in the Dead Sea is not going to live Okay, it's too salty it's not going to live. But God began to show the man. Ah, Babasaya. Listen to me. He began to wash the church. He began to purify the church. And what was dead, he brought it to life. Oh, God. Look, the man began to stand there. And, and, and as God is showing him the water that's flowing, guess what? The tree that is planted on both sides. Think about the tree. Think about the trees. Anything that's by the water of a tree, the roots is not going to stand, but the trees begin to flow. The trees begin to grow, and the leaves begin to form, and the fish begin to move inside of what? The dead sea? Something that's supposed to be dead? But how is this possible, God? You know how it's possible? Because God does the washing. God wants to begin to wash us. My God. These things that are taking place are not haphazard. It's not coincidental. But God wants us to shift. God wants us to change for so long. We have, oh God, we have portrayed to be the church. We have portrayed to be the light. But are we truly the light? Are we really, truly sons and daughters of the kingdom? Now is the time. I'm finding now that even in this season, my God, even now, oh, God, we have, there's so much available. God has made it available. Not only the word is being said or just between the four walls, but now the word is coming on Internet. It's coming on on, um, conference call. It's coming on um, um, prayer lines. It's coming through Zoom and, and all other resources so that the whole world can see. Those there's people that's being able that are able now to hear the word of God that would never step foot in the church because of what we have so oh God labeled them as. Oh. And God is saying no longer. No longer are we gonna continue now to do what we wanna do. We are the church. We gotta do it the Bible way. And this is what I love about the word of God, because when you get down to the last verse, that verse number five, he says, having a form of godliness, but denying his power. And then he says, have nothing to do with such people. Okay. Now, he ain't talking about the world. He's talking about the believers. 
the believers that are carrying this mark, the believer that's carrying this mark between verses 1 through 4, he says, do nothing with these people. Stay away. Uh, and, it, and it's my prayer tonight that we as a body of Christ, those that are the remnant of God, that we will begin to allow God to shape us and mold us and, and form us into the image of him, that he can begin to do a work within us. We got to stop looking at the left and looking at the right, but we got to start looking in that mirror and looking at ourselves. Do you know something? And I'm going to say this, my God, oh, Jesus, <laughs> and, and I'm going to say this and then I'm going to turn it back over. My God, I had not always been saved. I was brought up in the church, okay? I was brought up in the church. But then I said, you know what, when I got to my sophomore year, when I was in college, I was like, oh, God, I want to know what it's like on the other side of the fence. Wrong move. But I did it anyway. Listen, it wasn't until I knew the Lord was chasing me. I knew it wasn't right for me to be out. I never went to a club before in my life. But it it seemed like every time I would go with my friends, there would be shootings and all kinds of stuff. And then God began to allow my friends to turn their back on me. He He began to let me know, oh, Kimberly, you got to learn how to depend and rely on me and not the stuff that you're trying to do. And guess what I did? I looked in the mirror. This is a true story. I looked in the mirror. I had told my cohort, my, my employer, to put me on the schedule. I didn't want to work on, I didn't want to go to church on Sunday, so I had her put me on there for Sunday. Okay, because when I did go to church, I didn't want God to call me out. That's how much I fear God. But then it was a, uh, there was a Sunday that I did go, and I sat in the back of the church, and I had done everything I was big enough and bad enough to do that was in my own strength. But God began to speak to me, and I began to look in the mirror, and I saw myself. When you begin to see yourself, you will see the ugliness. You will see the things that are not of God. And God wants us to start looking at ourselves so that we can get in alignment with him. Oh, God, he is coming back soon. He is. And we have to take a picture of ourselves. God, what am I doing? God, if you come right now, am I going to be the one that's going to go back with you? God, do I have my business straight? Is, is my insurance good with you? Is my co-pay paid up? And God, am I good with you? You have to look in the mirror and learn and, and, and find yourself. You, if you find yourself between verses 1 and 5, it is time for you to get it right. God knows there was some of that, that them verses 1 through 5, I found myself in. Oh, God, I don't get it right every day. I don't dot every I. I don't cross every T. But I don't walk around with a powerful spirit. I said, God, change me. Mold me and shape me. And when you allow God to do that, guess what? It's not going to feel good. You're going to feel the crushing. Oh, yes, you're going to feel, you're going to have some tears. But guess what? As Paul declared, Romans 8, 20, all things are working for your good for those that have been called according to his purpose. It's working for your good. It is for your good. And this time I'm going to turn it back over to Jennifer. Hallelujah. I have to tell you something. (laughs) This was so good. It was such a confirmation. It was like God used you to confirm the conversation. You know, he is the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end. 
And from the morning to right before we got on to this call, it was complete confirmation of what the conversation was all day today. Um, I always talk about, you know, everybody's so concerned about keeping up with the Joneses with the brand new phones. I'll never forget having the job at Verizon and the Lord was saying, you know, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, it's about communication and relational reciprocation and how we need to communicate with one another and how um, I was talking to another brother and uh, I was like, you know, everybody's always pointing a finger, but a lot of times you see that that finger pointing, right? And it almost looks like a gun, but then they they start talking about people, and it's like these bullets coming out of their mouth, right? The tongue of the accuser of the brethren, but mm, they're pointing the finger, right? But that finger that's pointing out at the others, but then they have these three point, pointing back, and I was like, I can see this hand, and it's like accuser, accuser. Well, the devil is a liar and the father of all lies, but they got Jesus. three fingers pointing back. And the fingers got bigger, and I could see it, and it said self-detection for the correction and redirection. So we oh, can God. accuse, you can be in in an accusatory manner or speak accusations, but if you are not reflecting, self-reflecting and saying, God created me a clean heart, Father God, mm. I declare Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six over myself. I have places in my heart that are stony because I have something that I've been holding on to. And because you are going into the deepest crevices of my heart and you're pulling these things out to the surface, now those places that were once hardened are now being molded and softened so that I can be used by you, Father God. That is what it's all about. Because he said right before I got the job at David's bridal where he said, I have given you the key of the house of David. David, Isaiah 22 and 22, he said, I'm going to put you out in the world, and I want you to work. He said, I'm going to place you there because I need to show you some things. Because you are not listening to me. Mm. And I'm going to make you work and work and work and work until you answer the call. Jesus. And I did. And I worked three jobs, and I picked up two more. My feet were so swollen. My legs would be over top of my boots when I would come home. It would take me all day Sunday with my feet propped up because I was not answering the call on my life. Jesus. And he said, when are you going to do what I told you to do? He said, I showed you when you worked at David's bridal wear that it was time to prepare the bride. I put you on that smaller platform. I even gave you a friend named Enoch. Jesus. Just to prove to you what I showed you three years ago. And then there were things that were birthed, then they were laid down, then they were picked back up. But a baby has to go through the process. Mm. And then he taught us all. He taught us all about the spirit of Moloch. The spirit of Moloch. We had to nail the spirit of Moloch to the cross. We had to bind the spirit of Moloch and send it back to the pits of hell. You know why? 
because of the tongue of the accuser, the brethren. They were trying to abort the babies, but guess what babies they were trying to abort? The Mm. supernatural babies. So it was a double thing that we were doing. When we were praying to nail abortion to the cross and bind Moloch and send it back to the pits of hell, where it belonged and caught on the fire of God to burn it up, it was because we were nailing abortion in the nodule to the cross, but we were binding up the spirit of Moloch that is being, being attached to even the Christians. Those that are in the body of Christ that are being used by the devil himself. Because they're too busy building personal platforms, and God is saying from the pulpit to the pew, it's time to do what you're supposed to do. Get off my platform. I want it back. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Love one another. I cried so much when I heard him say, there are so many that will stand before me one day, and they'll say, but, Lord, we cast out devils in your name. But, Lord, we prophesied in your name. He said, and Jennifer, I will tell them to go away from me. I never knew them. And I said, no, why, Lord? That's what I'm talking about right now. And he said, Jennifer, I'm going to ask them this. Did you love Did you love? Because we can do some things. But if we don't have love, and we know what it says in 2 Corinthians, because it says, faith, hope, and love, but above all things, love. And I'm just going to be real with you. And, and this may sound worldly, but some people, you got to love the hell out of them. You can cast demons out. You can, you can do those things, you know. But some people don't need that because there are people out here dying of depression. There are people out here dying from the oppressor. There are people out here who just need you to love them. They don't need you to demonize them. They need you to love them. They need to know that you care about them. They need you to show them what Jesus was sent here for. God sent, John 3, 16. The verse my boys will will say like that. For God to love the world that he sent his only son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, they shall have eternal life. And I may not say it word for word exactly how it's printed, but I will tell you, my boys can sit there and say that. And no, it's not about me, myself, and I. It is about the king of kings. Jesus. And what he did when he died on that cross to take away the sins of the world. His blood will never lose its power. And God has proven it time and time again. And you, sister, my sister, who doesn't even know the effect that you had on my life the day that we were in that church and you grabbed my hand. Or even the inspiration that you have on people.
and and the everlasting effect. See, some people get it mistaken. They think it's a form of flattery. But when people tell you how much they appreciate you, Dr. Kimberly Perkins Therapy, Dr. Kimberly Perkins Therapy, it is an honor to even be in your presence. It's an honor to have you on the radio with us this evening. You are an inspiration, not just to me, but to anybody that comes on this broadcast and hears it now, if they download it later. This was not a season of isolation. This was a season of preparation. Corona means crown, but only Jesus wears the crown. Are we going to continue to glorify the devil? Or are we going to give God all the glory? Only Jesus wears the crown, and God is still on the throne. Thank you, Jesus. And it's birthing season. This is birthing season. <laughs> there are people who have been through the fire. They have gone through the go-through. They have been molded. They have been shaped. But guess what? Even those people who have been raised in the church, those people that may have just been saved eight years ago, those people that were saved yesterday, because some folks are going to be really surprised coming up here soon, because there would be some folks, you know, in the Word of God it says, do not despise the youth. What's that verse, Tim? Do not despise the youth. Because I'm going to tell you, and I believe this with all my heart, for what we're getting ready to see, there are people that are going to be saved in the next day or even minutes later. God is going to use them. He's going to give them a download, and it's going to blow some folks away. So do not despise the youth doesn't just mean, you know, the children. It means somebody that just came to Christ. Amen. It could be somebody that hasn't even been saved as long as somebody else. But you just touched me in a way. <laughs> that that was completely God. Not just me, but Montel and Christy. But Montel, she she's the one that, that um She's the one that is in charge of Reaching Out Radio International. She's the one that we do our program through, Pioneering the Frontier through. And tonight, this is how prophetic this was. This is what I try to explain to people. Even through everyday mundane conversation where we don't understand that we are making an impression on somebody else and God is speaking, Montel has a little boy named Noah. (laughs) And you came on here and shared your story about Noah And it gave her hope So today, on today, I want to honor you And let you know how much you are loved by the Most High God And I know that you know 
And I also want to let you know that there are people out here who love you too, more than you'll ever imagine. Amen. God bless you, Miss Kim. You didn't buy things. God bless you, Miss Kim. I just got bit by Bless you. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. I see it, baby. Hallelujah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I love you. Jasper wanted to come in and say, God bless you, and say hello. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited about what God is doing. I'm really... (laughs) I'm really kind of just amazed right now. I'm gonna have um I'm gonna see if Montel can come back on and play another song and just kinda of give us a break to get some water and then we'll come back on and we'll close out.
um, we'd love for you to to share. I mean, even if you have the phone number and the extension where people can call in and join on that, you're more than welcome to share that on the radio. Okay. Yes. I have been doing online Bible study. It kind of started online, <laughs> but then um, the Lord led me to do it through a conference call. So on every Monday night at... Eight o'clock. We do have um, Bible study. We are studying. We started. Um, I believe it was the Book of Joshua, and now we're in the Book of Second Kings. We're in Chapter Ten this week. But the calling number is three one nine five two seven two seven nine seven, and it's three one nine five two seven. Two seven nine seven, um, and if you didn't get the number, it is on my page under Kimberly Perkins Furby. I do have that open where people can see that. The access code is six six zero zero one five six six zero zero one five, and then on Wednesday night we do have prayer. We come on at eight thirty, um, and we pray collectively together. Um, and that's every Wednesday night at eight thirty, and Bible study is Monday night at eight. Oh, that's awesome! So I'm waiting mm-hmm. on Montel because I believe that she wanted to come on. Am I I'm here. Oh, there she is. I want to. Okay, so this <laughs> is my sister in Christ, Montel from Reaching Out Radio International. She's just such a huge blessing to me, um, and it's always an honor to be able to work with her. We're, her and I are working on um, some things, Kim, that I wanted to uh, reach out to you. Uh, at, maybe I'll, I'll send you a text message or we can set up a time to, to talk um, in January. But I believe Montel wants to just give you a little bit of a, another word of encouragement um, for what you brought forth this yes. evening. I love when God has an on-time word in the perfect moment. Um, Jen has been with me for most of my journey. My husband and I, um, it's been eight months so far, God called us to adopt a little boy that was going to be aborted. And before we even knew the gender of the baby, God called me to name him Noah, and he was going to stand for many promises. And a lot of people, I told people in faith we were going to have a son, I started buying little boy clothes before I even knew the gender, before she's very long, far along. People told me I was crazy. They told me I was nuts. People laughed at me. But when my God tells me something, as my aunt would say, I know what I know in my knower. And on the day of gender reveal, I got to go back and let people know God speaks to his children, and we are having a son, and he will be called Noah. And we are at the end. We are at the end of our adoption, and the enemy has been attacking and attacking, trying to discourage, making us feel like we're drowning. And tonight, when you said, "Don't give Noah too much rain," wow! Like God was telling me, "You're not going to drown. It's going to be okay." And I see more and more the purpose that why He called me to name Noah. Noah. He's got purpose in his life. I already see the anointing in his life, no older than he is, that your word was right on time. And earlier today, I was in tears. That's another reason I can't come on earlier. They were tears of joy. 
But Jen and I were talking earlier today. We talked for almost three hours. I lost track of time. But you confirmed things we were talking about on our heart today, and that blessed me so much. People have grown cold towards people. They've lost the love of Jesus. They want to condemn instead of stretch out a loving hand to offer hope. It's not our place to judge. It's not our place to condemn. We're to be the body. And your word just inspired me so much tonight. And I consider it an honor that Jen brought such an amazing woman of God on the radio. And I thank you for coming on because we go internationally. And I know it's going to be a blessing to so many people. And when I was reading your bio, I told you, like, oh, my goodness, what an amazing, educated, anointed woman of God. You're a compliment. What you've done through faith and through God is just its something to be so proud of. And I just want to encourage other women, don't limit yourself when even God called me to do the radio. I never had the training I needed. I, I never did anything like this. He equipped me. He called me and he equipped me. He anointed me. He taught me. So I just want to encourage women tonight, even to reach out to you, even if it's a man, a woman, whatever it is, if God's calling you like Jim was talking about, step out in faith because I never, ever imagined that this would go internationally. And we're reaching places in China and Japan, all over Africa and Iraq. Like God's taking the word for us, and that blesses me so much because even if just one hears, that truly matters, but God's taken us internationally, and Jen and Christy, both of you as well, I love your heart for Jesus and your dedication to the prayer line and to the radio, and I'm blessed in you, sisters, and Jen um, was part of God bringing me out of the cave. I had lost my mom to cancer in 2017, and I went through anger. That's another part where your story got me tonight. I went through anger. I had such faith believing when I prayed my mom would be healed. She's here. But when you said she is healed, it was just in a way that I didn't want. But then God was ministering to me the other day, and he said she was mine, and her time was you, and I needed her here, and her time with you, and her purpose was served. And it started to bring me healing because I started thinking I'm being selfish because my mom belonged to God. She wasn't mine. She's a child of God, and it was her time to go. That that just like everything you shared tonight and the fire when you were preaching and sharing with the heart of Jesus, it was right on time. And I want to thank you for obedience. And I just, I love that I got to listen tonight. I didn't think I was going to get to, and uh, I glorify God in that. But you are always welcome on. And Jen knows anything she comes up to the radio with, she's always welcome to share. But yeah, you're an amazing woman of God. You all are. And I just, I, I consider it a privilege and an honor to work with such amazing women and men of God. Like, I'm, I'm truly so blessed in what I do. <laughs> oh, well, it's an honor and a blessing to be able to serve the Most High God. I think um, what's amazing, something else that just really resonated that Kim was talking about is like, you know, we see so many people that are so wrapped up in in, in money, and and they don't yeah. realize that we don't do, we don't do anything that we do for any money. We don't do anything no. for you know we don't get paid for these positions. We do it because you know Jesus already paid the cost for us. Mm. They do this because we are bond servants of the most high God. 
We do this because God has opened the door. We do this because we want to serve him all the more. That's why we do it. Mm-hmm. We do it because God has allowed us to. And it, it's an honor to serve amongst other believers who um, who just love him as much as we do. And I think that's what it's Amen. all about is, yeah, all of us coming together, bonded together with the love of Christ. And as Amen. we close Amen. out this evening, I just want to bless each and every one of you. So, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time that we've had together. I thank you, Lord, for Dr. Kimberly Perkins Fairby and her amazing testimony of how she entered into ministry and what she shared with us this evening. What a powerful word that was brought forth. I ask you to bless Christy and Montel and Kimberly. Lord, I thank you for continuing to provide a hedge of protection, continuing to be the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path as we keep our hands to the plow and pioneer into the frontier. Yes, Father. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, ladies. Bless you, ladies. Blessing. Bless you. Thank you. Good night.